Hello everyone and welcome to Geek's Camp, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and the host joining me for the evening is Dwarven DM, John Christian. <laughs> I'm alive. I exist. Uh, in spite of well, life trying to do other lives. Yeah, yeah, I guess it exists. You would, uh, you would think, right, as, uh, as unavailable as I can end up being sometimes. That's fair. Um, hey, <laughs> I heard I, I had one of my friends actually watched the last episode where you and Troy were talking about the, the TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And he goes, they are eviscerating you right now. Cause I was, I was in the middle of something with family, whatever they were, whatever, when you, when you guys started it, and like, they are just killing you on here right now. This is hilarious. You need to, you need to watch this. I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll watch the replay. No worries. I'll, I'll, we weren't, I'll. we weren't that brutal. I think, I think what we said was, you know, we're going to review or talk about wheel of time, Ahsoka mm. and the bear. John is never going to get to the bear. Mm -mm. John is so far behind on the star Wars that he's probably never going to get to Ahsoka Mm -hmm. and John hates wheel of time. So this is the perfect episode for him to, that's not the wheel of time show. Let's make sure we preface that correctly. And you know what? Let me tell you something. No one told me that I just wouldn't be able to watch anything anymore. I used to be the kind of person that watched. You watch bluey. I watched bluey. That was my, that was the highlight of my viewing week was watching bluey again. So yeah, no, yeah, um, great. gridlock we found out, uh, is a super fan of wheel of time, not the show, mm-hmm. but the book. So oh, book super series. fan, super fan. Oh boy. Yeah. He took oh your, yeah. Um, took yeah. Mine. <laughs> I like it. I don't, so I think that like the show pissed me off so much that it just, it, poorly represents how much I actually like the series. Like mm. I, I, I enjoy the series a, quite a bit. Like it's, it's a good, I like it, but I, I wouldn't call myself like a super fan at all, but I think it just, something struck a nerve in the show. I'm like, that does it once again, they have to, rah, 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 and I, I think it just like, like my gears got ground. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Now I've got a, I've got a, I've got a rep to uphold. Uh, I want to recommend something to you and to chat. Okay. It's not a movie. It's not a show. It is a podcast, and it's oh. been a long time since we've recommended podcasts on this mm-hmm. show. But this is the the first podcast since um, Old Gods that mm. I have binged. I binged oh. two seasons this weekend. How do you find the time to watch to consume so much media? Well, that's about that's about. You can listen to a podcast while you're doing many, many things. I don't know what things I can. I just can't mentally multitask. Cooking, laundry, driving, yeah. picking okay. up kids. Like there's Not so many kids. things that you can just plug it in. Anyhow. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I digress. Batman, the audio adventures. That interesting. Is this actually like DC comics like approved or is this yes. some yes some fa- yes that's cool yes this is two seasons each season is 10 episodes each episode is around 25 minutes long oh it's great so you can do this right you can do this Here's, you can do it john i believe well, in you. you and chat can do this this is one of my favorite batman things now mm-hmm does it does it is it play out like a, like a like the the old school radio dramas? Yes, at all? yes. Oh my god! Okay, I'll watch. I'll listen to it. I'll do it. Yeah, it, it, like it, send it, me the, like, continue, hook up hook everybody up with a link in the doobly doo, 
because I definitely want to be able to. I want to. Be oh able yeah, to track I'll get that. that. I'll get that while we're um going here. But um, what I'll say is that not only is it like an old time radio drama, but it's like the dial is getting changed on the radio drama every like six to eight minutes during the episode. Okay. So you get like, and and you get like little ads that are like Gotham, in canon Gotham ads Shut that up. play. You'll get little like jingles and whatever, and then it'll be like, and then it'll like, you know, back to regularly scheduled programming or whatever. That's right? genius. Um, I adore this, and I will. Okay, so here, he, here's the other thing that you need to know. This is largely cast by SNL people. Sure, are you kidding? Like SNL, like when? What era? Like, well. Like so, good SNL. Hang on, I can only um I can only answer so many things at once. So let me let me. Oh my god, the, god, like I love the idea of the ads in between too, man. That is absolutely. Can, 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 can we do this? I think we could do this. So I'm gonna share it. Okay. But John, could you, you want to do like a, a, a audio? Could, yeah. I'm gonna share just the trailer for yeah, season one. All right. Word. I'm gonna post yeah. it into chat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But John is gonna play this, and it'll broadcast for everyone. So. All right. Here we go. I love that. I love that. Okay, so who are the who are the voice actors that are in it though? Okay, so um Jeffrey Wright is Batman. Okay. I have to um, like, mentally remember who that is. So on the... that's Commissioner Gordon in the latest The Batman. Oh, okay. Oh so really? He, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Wright, yeah, duh. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. Bobby Moynihan plays Cobblepot. Oh, lovely. Love it. Um, Brent Spiner plays the Joker. <gasps> oh, that's genius. And My he God, is, he's him. great. He's like a, he's like a, you know, uh, he is like a old timey Joker. Mm. You know, everything's like this. See, right. Oh, uh, lovely yeah 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 um <laughs> like i love Capone. it yeah um rosaria dawson is catwoman okay great um the weird one is keenan thompson is commissioner gordon really yes um right. and i won't i like him yeah there is a couple that i adore so there's a lot more than that but i'm going to cover, cover two, only two more seth myers plays jack Ryder. Jack what? Ryder is like the announcer dude, like yeah. the Gotham one, Gotham City one, like newscaster. So Seth Meyers is playing a newscaster. Nice. The... He, he went from like Weekend Update directly into this. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yes. And then um, the, the, the most weird, interesting one is the Riddler is played by John Leguizamo. Oh, wow. That that's not, I don't 
That doesn't seem weird to me for some reason, though. Well, that seems heard, right on, on the money. So you heard his voice in the thing, right? Where he's like, yeah. don't freaking interrupt me when I'm riddling. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of his, like, mannerisms throughout the show. And he's great. Um, it's 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 perfect. It's one of those it's one of those podcasts that I'm going to go back and listen to over. And it's over. on it's on HBO Max. Well, so it you, originally on released Spotify, on that, right? but you can listen yeah. to it anywhere now. It's fully released. Um, it's got two seasons. Um, they they say that season two is actually a part one, but mm-hmm. it, I mean it's a full ten episodes. But the story arc is going to be another at least part. Um, Anyhow, it's oh, I love that. It's fantastic. Oh, um, I'll give you one more um, cast member here. Um, who can I give you? Uh, Gillian Jacobs plays Harley. I love her. Uh, community alumni. I always have a soft spot in my heart for them. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it's great. There's it's it's a fantastic. Alan Tudyk plays Alfred. I mean, what does he not? What does he not play? Right. And what? And what more can I, he do to, to make me love him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, that's awesome. That's gonna, a really good cast. It's a really it's like, good. That's cast. a solid. You're gonna have so much fun with it. Um, it's 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 the easiest thing you'll ever listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to you need to check out Batman: The Audio Adventures on whatever podcast platform you can find it on. Done. Um, done and that that we could spend the whole episode i think with that as a launch pad but um oh i'm just i'm cranked i love it <sighs> cranked whoo all right so um that was my that was, that was the recommendation for the show now uh you though you found the main beef topic for yeah, this yeah. evening and you, you you uh you had brought this up i remember seeing this uh, a couple weeks ago when it was released but it kind of just like slipped my mind so i'm glad you, you brought it back into the light what mm-hmm. are we talking about tonight john we're talking about freelance writer rates the actual rating writing rates for them uh world did a survey back in 2015 on indie uh industry free freelancing rates and then uh, uh morris put out an, a, a new survey recently in the last uh, within the last year, uh, uh, and he got uh, one thousand one hundred and twenty respondents to it, which mm. is a, a pretty like a, that's a chunk. That is a sizable chunk um, uh, across the board, and the respondents uh, vary. There's like a, a really really broad array from like single uh, single size co- or single entity companies to large companies and mid range companies uh, in regards to size that are represented in there at uh, various times, uh, lengths of time in the industry. Some that are as, as far out as 25 plus years, some that are a year or less or a year to five years and things like that. And so I think some of this was, was um, not a surprise to me, but there were some things that kind of shocked me about mm. it too. So, and uh, so there's some, I think that most people already know that, uh, that freelance writing is, Feast or famine, but mostly famine. You know, oh. every once in a while you'll get a you'll get a, a sweet, um, maybe like a royalty or something like that. That's outside of just your like a, a flat writing rate, especially for freelancers. Right, they typically don't have uh, royalties that are tied to their tied to can, their um, the balance sheets. But yeah, we, I, uh, I picked that. Go ahead. So, so but before we get into the data, uh, I'm curious to know. You know, you and I have both done freelancing work for writing, mm-hmm. right? 
and without naming names or or on the highs or the lows mm-hmm. like what's the just so people have a baseline of experience what's the lowest you've ever been paid hmm. for free. a free yeah free right? what about pay wise aside aside from fee though I would say the lowest is probably around between two point five and three cents per word. Two point five. And when I, you know me, I'm pretty, I'm pretty verbose in the way that I write. So even that's that is considering like if you chopped out all the extra that I gave them for free anyway. Yeah. What they asked for versus yeah what they were paying me in, in the rate that was it. It was just a, it was a flat rate, no uh, no additional uh, royalties or percentage of cut of anything else after outside of that. Hmm. That was the lowest. What's the what's the highest you've ever been paid that you can think of? I think it was seven and a half cents per word. Yeah, about right. Something like that. Seven and a half to eight cents. I think is what I calculated it up to. Nothing uh-huh. beyond that, though. I think that my first writing gig, I got three cents a word. Hmm. Um, I think I've gotten as little as a penny a word hmm. on on certain things. I believe um, that. What? Yeah. And then um, let's see on the high end, let's ignore anything that I did a Kickstarter for or was like a, a mm. lead on. Right. Because that that unfairly skews it. Right. Um, I would say probably 12 cents a word has been my high point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to but think. About, I don't like, think I've ever you had like over 20, 12. What were your average word counts right like not like i don't think we need to correlate specifically one project or 12 cent project to how many words you end up projecting out but about how many words are you typically getting per per gig i think on the low end like i've definitely taken on plenty and i like this size like two thousand words is a nice like little i can do that and like move on i could i could big out two thousand words in an afternoon so like that's not an issue Mm. um a lot of them are between like 10,000 and 25,000 mm-hmm. that range. Right. An adventure size. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's been a handful that are a couple hundred thousand, you know? Mm. Wow. Like that's um the gooey cube. I did a book for gooey cube called weirded magic or weird magica. I think I can't remember what it's called. Something like that. They, they have weird names for stuff. Their books are cool. Mm. Their names are hard to remember. Right. Um, yeah. Cyclopedia magica. That's what it's called. Gotcha. Um, and that one, I think I wrote well over a hundred thousand words for, um, and then some other projects like that. Um, tried to think there was another one called, um, Comets and Cockpits, which was a five E DD book, uh, that was kind of spell jammer adjacent. And I think I wrote around a hundred thousand words for that. So, Mm. um, you know, it all, it all varies, but. I I'd say, you know, I like taking on smaller projects at this point. So like if you have a project that's 20,000 words or less, I, that's my sweet spot at the moment. Well, I, I would think that a hundred thousand words would just be, well, it depends on the project, obviously. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot of, that's a lot of dedicated cycles to one particular project that I could see my, I could see at least myself kind of getting stuck in a quagmire with it. Where like, how am I supposed to produce more? information for this thing you know those are typically going to be like a book though right so in the book sense and now we're in a huge topic right but like Mm -hmm. uh in a book sense you 
put together a table of contents, then you start building out that table, the, the chapters, right? And then you start going into sub subheadings. Mm. And then, you know, you build out all that. And then you have so many areas that you can tackle it, at least for the first few weeks. It's actually pretty easy to write for because it's like you if you get writer's block in this area, go go right over here. Oh, yeah, right? that's a good point. Um, I'd say, you know, in that respect, it's pretty easy to get like 60, 70,000 words on it. And then it's that last bit where you're like. Uh, I don't really have something for here. I guess I got like, how much more juice can you squeeze? Yeah, write till I till I find the inspiration to write or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a fair thing. Um, I don't do a lot of freelance writing now. Um, that isn't with like a like a publishing partner. You know, a, a friend of ours that's asked or that mm-hmm. you know somebody like that, which I still do. Um, but it's rare for me to take. Um, just a solicited freelancing job at this point. It's typically mm-hmm. a, you're my good friend, or you've got a very cool project, and I would love to contribute to it to it, contribute to it in some way, and the right opportunity opens up and we make it happen. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting, and I've been on the receiving end of that one of the two of those projects at least that you were willing to pick up um, as a, as a part of that. Um, it is it's interesting because i think what we're going to find out with some of the numbers once we start digging into it is you know the numbers may seem shocking right you're like talking about two and a half cents three cents a word but every product that's written unless it's part of an like anything unless it's part of an existing brand that people are or a there's some kind of like a a, a social media uh uh, press right or some kind of like power that's behind it uh, that's motivating people to purchase the product um if it's all a gamble yeah right so the that two and a half cents three th- three cents a word that may be something a product that only gets like you know a handful of sales and yeah they barely they Who may knows? barely make yeah. their money back if, if at all so that like i said the margins are I mean, it's, it's competitive there's a lot of noise out there there's a there are so many people that are there that have their their voices in it and as a result it's it's easy for it to get lost in a in a sea of really awesome creative stuff that's out there but just like how does it get catch a uh, catch fire yeah in the in the consciousness of the, the the community yeah craig's asking like what what do word counts translate into page counts right mm. yeah, and that's a hard thing because it depends upon the art and yada 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 yeah, the layout but i would say like way. typically you know 48 48 pages is going to be around 25,000 words. Mm. So when we're talking about a hundred thousand word project, we're talking about close to, or just under 200 pages. Mm-hmm. And, that's- and I can, I can speak from the adventurers league perspective too, right on, at least on numbers is that we're typically looking for anywhere between eight and 12,000 words for an adventure. Some are going to get, they're going to, you're going to get more whenever you incorporate it. when it's an epic, you're probably looking at more like 16 to 18,000 words. Cause there's just, there are so many different branches that you can go off into. You got administrative notes and uh, HQ documentation and stuff like that. But by the end of it, that 12,000, eight to 12,000 words then expands out in an eight and a half by 11 format uh, into around 26 to 28 pages typically for the regular a regular adventure but that also encompasses all of your monster stat blocks maps boilerplate stuff that's in there too really it's more like 14 pages 
yeah, is going to get you, buy you about eight thousand to twelve thousand pages or uh, words. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, we might end up just kind of talking about freelancing in general as part of this because I think mm-hmm. that uh, gridlock. I see your question there. Let's. Let, I'll, I will come come to that in just a second, but I think it's worth. Um, rolling into some of your stats here john to yep. kind of talk about that's our experience so what what does the industry right look like all right so i think the first the first thing that we'll, we'll take a peek at here is talk about a little, about time in the industry yep and uh the majority vast majority looking at probably like what 51 to 52 percent over half of the folks that are out there in the industry have been in in it for less than 10 years yeah uh, 30, about 37% between one to five and then 25% or six to 10. And your, your old timers are the 25 plus that you're looking at just under just shy of 6%. And mm-hmm. then, uh, your 20 to 25 are at nine, right? 8.8%. 8. And then 16 to 20 is 10%, 13% that are 11 to 15 years. So anywhere between 11 and 25 plus years, you're looking at, about what is it 49 that's half a little over half of the the population that's out there just yep. the time and that's in the industry so i think it's important to to reflect that the numbers it's going to be hard to to see the specific correlation in the numbers between how long you've been in the industry what your what your personal freelancing brand brings to the table if you have any like a name recognition or clout based on how long you've been out there, what you've produced in, within your portfolio, what you can show to other folks to uh, to kind of to garner uh, a a beefier uh, pay by the by the numbers yeah. bit. They've got a chart a chart that we'll look at here in a moment that talks mm-hmm. just about that right by time in the industry word right. rate by time and that yeah. that'll be interesting to to take a peek at. Yeah. Uh, I think the the first one though, the, the one that most people are really going to end up looking for in this is again, this is based on one thousand one hundred one hundred and twenty anonymous respondents, their actual word rate, yeah. uh, and the word rates average is the highest average. And it's it's kind of like a, a weird looking bell curve, right? Where for some reason there's nobody's making nine cents, but there are a ton of people that are making ten ten cents per word out there, but the vast majority of them are making under 10 cents per word. Uh, and there's like, a, there are a lot that are anywhere between one, two and uh, three and four. There are a, like there are a handful on the upper end of this thing. They're somehow making 25 to 26 cents a word. Well, I'll tell you, you know who that is um, at least in part because MCDM only pays 25 cents. a word. Oh, that's true. So that's there, true. there's a few of the bigger name folks that do that. Um, and when you talk about the highest with a single occurrence is 40 cents per word, I mean, like, here's the reality of that, right? Like, this is the the reality of polls. I could probably, well, not even probably, I could definitely point to a couple of instances where I paid a writer well over 40 cents a word, if mm. you include, because those are people who took a smaller amount up front and then got a share of a Kickstarter bonus on the back end right mm, so they yeah, just right. wrote something they were just a writer they did nothing else right but they mm. ended up you know writing five thousand words and walked away with 40 cents per word or whatever right so it definitely happens but that's typically somebody who was willing to take risk right mm-hmm. and it paid off way crazier than they expected mm-hmm. to and that caught fire right yeah 
And and so I would say, I don't know who this 40 cents per word is, but I would say that when I look at this person who says, I've made 40 cents per word, it's probably something like that, where it's a special mm. occurrence and not like typical by any anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, really quickly here, overall, the mean rate for riders is eight and a half cents yeah. across the board. And granted, there, I think you're going to see some because of outliers like the the 25 and the 40 percent that I think that uh, personally, I think that feels high. I'm not really sure exactly what level of impact those those scant few have on the upper end of the curve. But um, yeah. but I think that it's probably more uh, to me, at least my gut's going to tell me more like seven is going to end up being the actual the, the true mean. But like, but I mean, the numbers are what they are in this. Yeah. The rate in 2015, though, the mean rate was three cents per word. So yeah. you're at least seeing a dramatic increase. Well, I say dramatic, but in the last nine years, you've seen it triple yeah. in the mean rate. Significant. That's significant. Yeah. Yep. Uh, started... But that was based on he even Morris even admits though that that's a smaller data set based on a published word rates and a couple of from a, a couple of dozen companies, not nearly as large a subset of data as the yep. the eleven eleven hundred that you see here. I'll say though that back in 2018, 2019, when I started, like three cents, four cents wasn't was was not uncommon by a long shot to get mm-hmm. quoted. So. I, I believe that 100%. It, it yep. definitely has spiked. And some of that spike comes from some of the bigger companies, especially like Colville or whatnot, being very, very clear and adamant about pay rates, right? So mm-hmm. that kind of got, you know, that put some weight on some of the folks. But Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good segue, right? We You mentioned before about word rate. Word rate by company size is really interesting because the leaders are paying their people more, yeah. right? Those those Watsies and, and MCDMs, the average looks to me is like sixteen and a half to seventeen cents per word, which is nice. And then yeah. uh, the really small companies and the single companies, well, I mean, pretty much across the board, everybody else is around that eight, that eight to eight five uh, per word. But again, the the leaders have probably are in market entrenched, and they've got again they have brand recognition that they can use to to get a, a, a higher pool of uh, of revenue from what, everything that they put out, the, everything that they publish and they put out there. And as a result, they can, they can push the envelope for who they're paying and get, they can get that high, that high tier ta- uh, talent out of the community. Yeah. Yeah. What else do we got here? Chart wise. Let me see here. I'm going to amp you up just a bit. Uh, let's see. Then by time in the industry, we got word rate. So, Unsurprising, as your the time that you are in the industry increases, your word rate goes up also. So you kind of see that hockey stick until you hit twenty one plus years, and then you dip. Uh, which that I'm assuming maybe that's because they've been. I don't that's know. That's a smaller but, pool size too. Remember that that's less yeah, than five percent of people. So who knows, right? Like, right you now, I I would just ignore that end one for for strong value mm-hmm. but but it's also probably true that people who have been in the industry for 21 plus years probably are getting more gigs from traditional companies and traditional companies are probably not the mcdms who are paying the right. biggest rates right yeah yeah uh and then the next bit is going to be about rights to content so 75 percent of them are work for hire so once they get paid they're done 
and they don't get any additional royalties or uh, residuals that come from it. Let me. Is that about right? Or do you ever qu- see that? Go ahead. Yeah. Also, hang on, real quick. Sorry, Chris commented on uh, had a comment on the last one and uh, just bounced back there yeah, real quick. Um, so he's he's suggesting that perhaps there's a bit of ageism in the last column. I'll say though that um, I won't again not naming names, but um, I've had several veteran RPG designers who I have talked to and inquired about, and I've hired several, but also I have turned down several because they are asking for 25 cents a word without Mm -hmm. flexibility. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll say on that end, like I've never paid some, I've never signed a contract that said I'm going to pay someone 25 cents a word. And the people who have asked for 25 cents have always been 21 plus year veterans mm. in the industry. So when that's why I look at this and I say eight, you know, this is averaging out to like 18 cents for that. That's probably about right. But I would just note that like, it's kind of crazy. Like this would suggest maybe that other people ask for it more common or some, I don't know, but um, it's definitely the older crowd that asked for the higher amount. And without getting into too much there, right? Like typically they ask for a higher amount and they are not willing or able to write for new systems. Mm. I didn't even think about that. So it's a little bit tricky there. Um, And I've still done it, but you know, it's tricky to hire someone who doesn't know how to write for 5e or doesn't know how to write for OSE or for DCC or for whatever, right? They know how to write for... A, D, and D, or they know how to write for, you know, BX. Mm-hmm. That's that's a tricky proposition right now. So I will say it's kind of a weird thing. Once you get above a certain age, you're also dealing with, I don't know any current systems, or I don't know very many current systems. Mm-hmm. And that might play into some of these word rate scenarios here too. I don't know. That's good insight. That makes sense, right? I didn't, hadn't even considered the fact that, you know, they become so entrenched in what they know. And not only I'm going to be know, that like, way that's, too, that's, right? That's, well, I mean, that's the, like, that's where their bread and butter has been for so long. What, oh, yeah. why would, what would motivate them to, to go to a, another system? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like, I, I mean, there's going to be a ton of people in the next two years who only know how to write 5e and are going to mm-hmm. be applying for jobs, writing for other systems. So it's not uncommon, right? Um, and and that's not, that's not it's just a matter of you start to lose value as a writer when you don't mm-hmm. know the the current array of systems or at least the syst- current array of systems that the publisher that you're applying to writes yeah. for. Or well, that's under. not. I hate to use an IT parallel, but if you think about it, it's like with computers. If you know how to program in Java or JavaScript, that's great but if that's all you ever know it makes it that much harder you become crystallized in your mindset of like i only know how to write in javascript i've never done object-oriented design or something like that right and so if you just stick to that one path for so long you don't have any flexibility if you don't increase your skill set you yeah. know and you can, and then you you lose the ability to pivot into new technologies and, the, and they, these systems if you again if you're mentally you're thinking like they don't want you to to write as though it were an AD&D adventure. They want you to write it as if it were a year zero engine adventure or a, something else like that, right? So I, I can definitely see how that'd be. That would make it harder for you to flex as a game designer, right? Yeah. Where you've just become so 
crystallized in in one uh, one way of thinking. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yep. cover that that last slide there. Yep. The last one. The other one was uh, was the freelance writers. We talked yeah. briefly about that. So rights reversion. Uh, and then licensed license is like 11%. The rest of it's just like no, no data on it. So this, the vast majority is going to be work for hire. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, probably the other no data is work for hire. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, then the last one is company size, just showing like what the average size of the companies are that are, that are out there. 14 per 14.6% of them are, uh, are large, but I think the last bit actually, that's probably going to be more pertinent is going to be they have a lot of like uh, the notes by size, right? So uh, industry leader talking about your Watsy Piezo size here. Their mean rate is seventeen cents. Their mode is twelve. Uh, they twenty only twenty percent or under are going to be ten ten cents. So it's not like they're paying everybody seventeen cents at these different orgs. They're paying. There is a variance, but only twenty percent of them are being under ten. Mo- all of them are work for hire. Um, fifty-seven percent with paid within the last month. Fourteen percent do not get a contributor copy, which is crazy to me. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Like, well, like if I if I were to work on Bigsby's Guide to Giants or whatever, and they and Wizards of the Coast didn't send me a courtesy copy of of the book, I'd be like, WTF? I would say that from experience, I don't know that that's the industry, right? But like, mm-hmm. I would say from experience that a lot of times. It's because that was not asked for, and they would happily mm. give it if you asked for it. Oh, okay. Um, that's not a. That's probably not everything, but I would say, like, there's big projects that I worked on that I did not get a contributor copy for. Right? Really? The reality is, I didn't ask for one until mm. it was like six months after the project. And you're like, oh, it'd have been nice to have one of those, <laughs> right? Um, so, it's. I, I distrust that as a you're they rejected your ability to have a contributor mm. copy. I think that would be probably much smaller. But gotcha. Yeah. I think across the board, you're gonna see anywhere between eighty to a hundred percent between industry leader large, medium and small, they're all they are vastly work for hire. Uh, they're not they're not staff writers necessarily, right? Um some other things uh, that you're going to see that are pretty average are like, uh, what is it? Large, less than 1% did not get a contributor copy. So you're essentially all of everything. They, the large, the, the large sum of them uh, are, are giving out contri- contributor copies of it. Whereas the, if I'm, the 14% is what throws me off. I, I don't, I don't understand anybody that wouldn't ask for, especially if you're like, if I wrote for Paizo or if I were, wrote for Watsi and I'm in a book, I'm asking for a copy of that book. I'm not buying that book. Yeah. I contributed to it. Yeah. I, I who knows? We'll, we'll you know, yeah. it also might be like, okay, I definitely know. Let's give an example here. Something that I know for sure. Shadowrun. Shadowrun will sometimes has contributor writers, right? Who are literally community members who do organized play or do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That can come in and write a paragraph in a 200 page book. Mm-hmm contributor copy mm-hmm. or yeah. 200 words, 250 words. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. Yeah. I well, don't know. I don't well, know. And then here's the one that was, I thought was really, really interesting. 
the one staff member or owner. Well, actually, not, not, not never mind. The way that they, the way that they, the way that they refer to single, right? Like a a, a single person company, the fifty percent of their freelance writers are paid immediately. Yes. Whereas none of like the the highest that I see here is uh, medium medium sized companies. You'll see. Uh, 24% immediate. Everything else is anywhere between one month to six months to get a turnaround on your, on your payout yeah. for the work you do. So that's something to really con- to consider about this too, is that if you're going to be a freelance writer and not to like dig directly into this immediately, but if you're going to try to re- freelance write and be able to pay your bills or eat something every once in a while, yep. you're going you're gonna to have to like have a, a constant flow of work that you're doing in order that's going to get paid out as you go along there. There's always going to be a debt that is owed to you. That is, that is anywhere between one to six months in the waiting. That's 100% true. That's 100% yep. true. Yeah. Um, it's because of crowdfunders. It's because of publishing schedules. It's because of mm-hmm. so many things, but it's so, so rare to get a payout immediately. Um, that, that, that's super accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I, typically I think we do a pretty good job of that in that our company pays out immediately, certainly within one month, almost always, Mm-hmm. Um, there's some weird outline exceptions to that, but, but I think consistently, uh, people get paid fast, but we're also on the small to medium side of things, right? Which isn't mm-hmm. single, but definitely has the more immediate as a possibility than the large or industry, you know, those bigger companies that, that don't. Right. Um, so, and I would say looking at this, right. Like you look at it in the mean rate for anything, um, Anything other than industry leader, the mean rate is about eight cents per word. Mm -hmm. And that's typically, I think, what our mean rate would be. Certainly probably what our average is. Mm -hmm. Um, I paid, you know, us as a company without getting into it, I paid everything from six cents to, I think, 12 cents as like an agreed upon contracted rate. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we paid more than that with bonuses and Kickstarter cuts and things like that but i would say like these make sense to me as numbers like as i'm looking through like yep 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 um nothing too crazy i think the one that like threw me um or or, you know so i was looking at it a a small has one or two full-time staff two percent pay over 20 cents 70 cent seven percent pay under 10 cents that makes sense um the once you get up to large though no one worked for a large company and made over 20 cents a word Mm -hmm. i think that's interesting yeah um they they want more they want more uh investor they want more more of that money to go back to the investors well and just the other thing of it is that i think it stabilizes once you get up to a certain Mm. point right like Smaller companies don't 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 have precedent or 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 uh, you know uh, a a term that they have set as a company. Right, the bigger the companies, the more likely they are to have something that says we pay ten cents a word or we pay fifteen cents a word. Period. Mm-hmm. 
smaller companies are typically more on a negotiation basis based on who right. they're who, who they're working alongside with. Yeah. I mean, Mike makes a good point too. Like I, the, I hate to, it sounds ugly and probably pretty jaded, but there's, I think there's some truth to that, that, you know, larger companies like Wizards of the Coast and Paizo, I, if I would assume that a writer would be, uh, they would be excited enough about the prospect of the project that they're going to work on and have their, having their name in a published adventure module source book or what have you, that they're willing to take a lower a lower pay rate or lower word rate in order to have their name on the product in order to, to use that, utilize that elsewhere as a bargaining chip for, for better pay and for other companies that they work with. Yeah. So in other words, the short version is the Wizards of the Coast and, and Paizo could more than likely pay more than even their 17 cents mean rate, but they don't because they don't really have to, because people are just so excited to work on a Wizards product that they may not squawk about it as much. Yep. And they're hired a lot of people, right? So it's a right. lot of people for small things. Right. Um, Which we've already seen uh, to, to my, my lament, right? If you, unless you have a really, really strong lead writing staff or people that are coordinating it and then taking this, this uh, homogeneous blend of other writing styles and elements and things like that in, in order to create a holistic experience in a product uh, to me that you can tell why you can see why there's a lot of muddle in wizards of the coast products these days because they've gone more and more towards freelance writing and work for higher writing uh to fill out their books yep yeah um i was gonna think if there's anything else that like really let me throw this out there again. Like I think the reality of it, right? So I I was the one that kind of came up with the, the ugly truth of freelance writing and, and when it comes to rates is that it was actually Teos uh, Abadia um, and I had a conversation about it about a year ago. And he sent me some some statistics of his own that he'd, for those of you who are not f- familiar with Alpha Stream and um, uh, showering with, with Teos and, uh, and Sean, uh, one of the things that he had mentioned was if what, what do you consider a livable wage, right? Like mm-hmm. what, in order, when you're, when you sit down and you decide that you're going to be a freelance writer, if you were going to try to make it as a full-time writer and that's all you did, you quit your day job and that's the thing you did. You have to, there's a calculation that you have to really go against. Like how many thousands of dollars per year do I need to make? Right. Divide that by 12. And then you have to start breaking out like, well, that means that I have to write X number of words every single year in order to, to hit that mark, hit that number. Yep. And it's like in the hundreds of like, I take that back. I think it's in the, in the million ish words per year that you have to write in order to, to maintain that. And that's a lot of like, if you're going to se- only write, right. And you're not going to share in any management or administrative or investment or whatever. If you're just going to get a word rate and make that right. Mm-hmm. I think that you, you have to write at like, like the math I think will tell you, you need to write at least 10,000 words a week. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the fast answer. If you can't write 10,000 words a week, you are in trouble. Right. Now, ramp up to that, right? That's not me telling the new writer who's just starting out, get out of the industry right now if you can't do 10,000. But that's what you got to have in your sights is like, once I can do this, then maybe if I can get enough jobs, if I can get enough contracts, I could, I could survive. Yeah. 
And I think um, that's actually that's spot on that number because I'm just doing the 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 quick math on this is if you're if you can rely on what you really you kind you can and you can't the eight point five cents per word. But if you yeah. could, if you could take that mean, and you needed to, you wanted to make, I'm going to throw out forty two thousand forty five thousand dollars a year, right? Yeah, it's you're going to have to write ten thousand one hundred words per week in order to, for that to work. Yep. And, and, and that's, that's only, if you can maintain that average. And that's going to be 1099 work. So you're yes. going to pay taxes on that. After. Yep. I mean, it's, whew, you know, it, 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 mm-hmm. it gets terrifying real quick. I, yeah, well, it's not only is like, you're also paying for your own health insurance. Oh yeah. There's so many things. There's, there's, like, like, we, there's no net under you at all. Yeah, there's no. like, it's like there's the, yeah, that's, but that's why like, like, that's why it's hard. And that's what, but if we also look at it from a different rate, right different way right um how many people freelance right across any genre across not just games but anything and make a living wage at it i would say probably not many mm-hmm. like typically you're if the people who become established and full-time consistently in the industry are part of a larger organization mm, right yeah it's so rare that someone just drifts through bouncing from contract to contract freelance gig to freelance gig and then looks up at 40 years later has managed to navigate an entire career in an industry right Mm -hmm. um it's typically they get tied in with an organization they get contracted to do it and then they're writing yes but they probably also do other things within the company Mm -hmm. yeah i think mike made a good point even paizo uh, employees do freelance work to for paizo for extra money yeah yeah Yep, exactly. Um, so Grimlock was asking earlier, so we'll kind of bounce back to that. So the question mm-hmm. he had was like, how do you how do you start if you're if you're looking to break into freelancing or you, you, you wanna or maybe you've already done some freelance work, but you want to push that farther, right? Mm-hmm. Um I mean you tell me what you think, John, but I think the thing that I say is First off, pick what battles you're going to battle, what your battleground is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just post into a writer's group saying, hey, I'm here, I'm you know, hire me. Like, that's not going to work, especially not long term. The, the thing that will work is becoming passionate about specific types of games, specific publishers, specific systems and then becoming well-versed in that showcasing that you're a member of that community, that you're a competent writer on small things and then being ready to pounce when calls go out for opportunities there. Mm -hmm. A great example of this um, is Modifius with a few months ago, right? They, you know, if you're a 2d 20 fan and you're like, man, I would love the chance. Well, literally like six months ago, when they announced uh, Cohors Cthulhu, right? They put out a call for writers. And it was like, mm-hmm. do you know the 2D20 system? Do you like Cthulhu? Do you like, like, sword and sandal or Roman Empire narratives, right? Like, this is your opportunity. Um, being around and having, you know, and having something to show at that point and being able to pounce is is everything. And then... 
knowing that that first gig will only turn into more gigs if you deliver quality and on yeah. time and you're communicative. And well, really, it's say, the second two things, yes. on time and communicative. Yes, I was going to say that. It's like commu- over-communicate. Like, uh, people want to know what the status of a project is. I, I'll say that for myself as a, as a, as a story lead where I'm, I'm consuming the or I'm, I'm uh, receiving the, the end product of what writers are, are writing. I need you to be consistent. I need you to be on time. I need you to communicate. I need you to be honest in your communication. If I'm having a hard time with this, if I'm, if I've hit a roadblock, what I've noticed a lot of the times is for, for, for newer writers in particular, uh, whenever they come, when they come on board, they, they don't realize how much they're biting off until they start chewing it. And they realize they thought they were eating a hamburger and it was an elephant. Right. So, yeah. and they become, they get become paralyzed by it. And then I think there's a lot of shame that gets, that gets uh, uh, chalked onto it. It's like, I thought I could do it and I can't, and I can't admit that I'm defeat. And then they, it turns into like this death spiral of um, like a, of a par- like this paralysis that happens where they they won't communicate with you until the la- either the last second or then they just like they ghost right yeah. that's happened before too yeah so I mean I think those that's like the simplest thing I can say is like find the companies find the systems that you're passionate about and then find where those communities exist find yeah. where the third party community exists because that's going to be your first opportunity right. If you love D&D, you're not going to get hired by by Paizo or Watsi for your first round, right? Mm -hmm. So go lurk in third-party creator Facebook groups or discords or whatever and find the opportunities Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, a creator is putting out a call saying, hey, I need, you know, five writers to come write on this get something under your belt that way, no matter what it pays, right? It doesn't really matter what it pays at that point. It's about getting something done, proving to yourself and to those people that you can deliver on time and be communicative and that you know what writing 5,000 words means or 20,000 words means. Because once you get approached by a Watsi or something bigger, right? They're going to say, have you ever written something like this? being able to confidently say yes and knowing that you can deliver within the presented time frame is huge. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'll even, I'll throw out there too, that if even beyond freelance work for other people, you can still work for yourself. And even if yeah. you're not, if you're Hold not, up. if you're not writing for somebody else, you better be writing for yourself. You have gotten, and you need, cause that's a muscle that you have to develop the, a, a disciplined muscle of sitting down and not going blank as soon as you look at whatever word processor they're using or whatever, wherever you're, you're writing it all down. And you're, because what you're doing is you're paying yourself a sweat equity in what you're writing. And you can have this side project that, that can help you, pay, help you pay the bills during the, the famine. You can create yourself a feast that you, you're going out and you're killing yourself and bringing back. And then that'll, because you know, there are a lot of different avenues we have nowadays between DMs Guild, Drive Through RPG, Kickstarter and things like that to where you can get your product out there in front of people in order to help. Uh, and I'll tell help, you, uh, help pay for things. I'll say as far as that goes, like fully agree, but also, and also what matters step one is probably just writing, right. And mm-hmm. saying I can write 2000 words in a day. I can write 2000 words in a day, five days in a row. Mm-hmm. I can write 2000 words in a day, five days in a row, four weeks in a row, right. Being able mm-hmm. to say those things to yourself is important, but I would also say the next step is I can write 2000 words in a day. I can write 2000 words in a day, five days in a row. And I can publish that at the end of that time. Mm-hmm. I could turn yeah. loose of it. I can call it done. 
right? Yeah. Such a big, big thing is that last five to 10% that people noodle on. I know, listen, I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers, but I'm only looking at one person when I'm talking about this, right? But some people have a hard time letting go. Shut up, Zach. I, I I don't appreciate your your direct assault in my direction. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody right now, but I'm looking at John. I'm only looking at one person. Yeah, so <laughs> I, won't, I won't name names. Oh no, no, um, no. I I think I you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying yeah, though, right? Like that's right, well, that's the hard part. Well, it's like in anything, right? Like perfection is the enemy of getting anything done. And uh, I think I, I think we talked about it before on the show where George Lucas talked about how every project that he's ever that he's ever done has been abandoned and never completed. And I'm like, whenever he said it, I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like star Wars was amazing. It was wonderful until he's until he did the special edition. Right. It's like, Nope. He really did abandon it back in 77. And then he tried to come back and fix it. Quote unquote, or finish it 30 20 or 30 years later. And so to your point, you do have to just let things go at some point or another. It is what it is. And you will improve like any skill. Look at your stuff from a year ago. It's going to, it, if it doesn't suck by comparison to what you feel, what you can do today, then you're not actually improving yourself anyway. You're not doing it right. Gridlock's asking kind of the reverse side of this, which is what if you're a publisher that wants to freelance out, but you're particular about your world. Here's a great That's, mindset yeah. here. We just talked about how like 80% of all writing that's freelancing is done work for hire. What does that mean? It means that once you have written the thing, you are handing it to the publisher and they own the thing. Right? As a publisher, John Gridlock, as a publisher, you can change whatever you want to fix the sit to fix the story to be what you mm-hmm. need it to be for your world or your setting, right? The key is finding people that you don't have to change a lot and also being excited about other people coming to the table with new ideas for your mm-hmm. thing. But always knowing that you have in the back of your in your back pocket the I own this, I own the words that I just paid you for. If I need to change you know, Dragonlance to be much cooler. I can do that. It's impossible. Um, it can't be any cooler than it is. Yeah. No, John. John's is the definitive Dragonlance. We've already determined. That's not what I said. I said yeah. Dragonlance itself. Margaret Tracy, if you're listening, <laughs> you're not. But if, if they were, no, I, I, I that makes I agree with that too. That I think that um, you can be overly picky, and I think that there are other voices that can lend themselves to whatever you're writing in that you can writing in, and you can be you can put yourself inside of a vacuum and an, and an echo chamber in your own head about the things that you're writing. I think that really, really is important. I'm a, I'm a collaborator anyway. So I love having, having other voices involved to help me not just like this one little area, this one little tight node of what I'm, I'm working on. Like that's all you're responsible for. That's all you're allowed to give any input into. I try to give writers way, way more flexibility. It's like, here's the framework of what I'm looking for. Do you have any other ideas that I may have missed? We can kind of go back and forth with it. We'll we'll make something really great from it. I think again, that spirit of collaboration is what you're going to have to be able to develop in yourself whenever you hand off your baby to. to it's a else. spirit of collaboration, and it's a don't think of these things as your baby. That's your first yeah, mistake. Too late, right? And I'm not apologizing just, for it. Just, that's a Zach, that is a Zach Goins philosophy that I just cannot ascribe to. That's I'm right. Sorry. Yeah, they're not your baby. You're My getting baby. these words out. You're handing them off to somebody else or a team or whatever. And, and 
it 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 is it is like leaving a puppy at a fire station. I don't know. Um, you, it is no longer your responsibility. It's no That's longer a, well, a horrible analogy. God, that was dark. It's man. no longer your responsibility. You don't ever have to think about it again, and you probably shouldn't because if you go back to that fire station a week later, you're like, "Hey, I'm the guy that left the puppy. Right. Could I tell you how to raise it?" And they beat you around the head and neck and yeah. ears yeah. with a yeah. switch. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's that is one thing that I will say too, though. And maybe you're kind of we're we maybe saying the same thing. Not to Larry Elmore and myself with this, but, but I think that there's like when you're writing something, you the you're not the person you're you're handing it off, and you have to understand that you no longer own that that you, what you wrote anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, so like that's that's one thing that I think I've had some some folks have struggled with in the past is like you only got this much right I'm kind of like I'm just like I'm motioning like a like a couple of inches here yeah. they only got this much of what's what the whole story actually is and you may have gotten really close to what we what we needed but there's going to be some refactor that's in there usually it's going to be anywhere between for the stuff that I'm I'm working on anywhere between fifteen and twenty percent depending on the person. Uh, and how much time I've been able to spend with them directly to kind of like to direct them towards the writing and doing the collaborative effort. Right. Yeah. So you can't like, that's really, it, it is not, there's no, it's not holy. It's not sanctified. Uh, and it is not, it's not safe. Once you hand it off to your, to, to whoever's actually producing it and editing it, expected to get hacked to bits if necessary in order for it to fit in, in their narrative. These are great questions in chat, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah totally. asking, Where's a good place to reach out to writers? Um, you can go into discords and things and hunt. Mm. I have done that before. I do not recommend it. In fact, I strongly do not recommend it. Because you're going to spend so much time, you know, separating wheat from chaff there, right? Um, so, uh, oh, well, uh, okay. I apologize because then here comes Siley, like, like exactly. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. Ah, thank you, son. <sighs> Good uh, man. Thank yes, you. Appreciate that. Um, I will say that if you have like, there's always that <laughs> and you can definitely go do that. And if what you're wanting is to get like a fresh batch of people to sort through, go for it. Right. Mm -hmm. My recommendation though, is make yourself some other publishing friends and then private message those publishing friends of yours and say, Hey, I've got a project. Do you recommend, or do you have any writers, or do you have friends that are writers that you would recommend write for me? Mm -hmm. That is so much better. It doesn't mean that you're going to get a always 100% perfect experience, but if somebody's going to recommend somebody to you, it probably means that they have at least delivered on something to that person before, which is a huge right. win. Um, so I, I would say like, yeah, just, just reach out. Like, I mean, I'll give an example. Like people reach out and ask me about writers frequently. Sometimes I recommend people in our in-house team. And some people, sometimes I'm like, you know what, for this project, you need to go talk over here to this person that has nothing right. to do with me. Right. Yeah. But, but they are a good fit for you. Um, that's, that's a no brainer. I mean, John, you did that, right? Like we've done that together when you were doing Dragonlance and you're like, who can I find that's reliable? Right. Yes. And we had conversations about here's some people that might be reliable for you. Yeah. And sometimes that's exactly what you what you're looking for, right? Sometimes you've got the time to handhold new writers and new talent, raw talent to get new perspectives on things. You've got that time to coach them through it, 
And sometimes you just need to make like you need somebody that can produce that you don't have to worry about, that you don't have to babysit, that you don't have to to track track down or or uh, or, uh, or hunt down, right? So it really just it does depend quite a bit on what your immediate needs are with where you're going to end up ser- doing your searches. I think an open call for for uh, I'll, I'll, I will warn not against necessarily, but I will warn those that do kind of like an open call for authors because you're going to get a, a, just a wild array of uh, ability, skill set, experience, and just, and you probably won't even know what you're getting, right? Like you'll get, hi, my name is Bob or hi, my name is Sue. Mm -hmm. I would love to write for you. Here's a thing that I wrote on quote unquote, That's 120 pages that has 16 contributors on it. Mm-hmm. How much of that was written by them? Well, I, I know I've heard at least one specific tale for when names shall remain nameless to protect their identities. One person that uh, had someone write something for them, the person turned it in and it was a hot mess and they, none of it none of it was recoverable, but they still paid the person that wrote it for their effort. They're like, well, I mean, you gave me what you gave me and it is what it is. You did, yeah. you did at least, you did give me a word count. It's just, yeah. I can't use any of it. They rewrote it, they published it. And then that person used what they rewrote. We're talking again, like 98% of it was completely yeah. like sliced and diced. They used that product to get another job somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. They use that as like, hey, look at this thing that I wrote that's really awesome. And it was yeah. not their it was not their yep. words that wrote it. Yep. So I just don't I, I have a hard time trusting portfolios. I have a hard time trusting mm-hmm. resumes. And the great look at that at a positive light. I don't really want to see your resume or your portfolio that much, right? I wanna the downside is I kind of want to know somebody who already knows you, who's already hired you, that recommends you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I'd say, if, if, if you can't get that, hire them for, to write 500 words for you with a tight deadline. If they can't deliver 500 words in three days, you don't want them. Right. Yeah. So don't hire, please, for the love of God, don't hire someone to do a 20,000 word project that you've never worked for, with before and you don't have any referrals from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Gridlock's got another one in here too. It's like, is it a good idea to hire a writer to help you with a project? But it entirely depends on you, right? Like, how uh, is it something that can you do it? Can you work with somebody else and be able to? I'll, I'll give a horror ahead. story there, right? Yeah. Um, and again, not naming names, right? But like, you never know who your partner's going to be mm-hmm. and what they're capable of. So, you know, you can be hired on or you can hire somebody. And then once, only once you've, you know, You've hitched yourself to that wagon Mm -hmm. and you settle in. Do you find out if that your partner or your collaborator or your writer is actually going to deliver on this thing? Typically when you are doing something like a project, it's quite large, relatively Mm -hmm. speaking. And that is a terrifying thing to do with a stranger. It's also a terrifying thing to do with your best bud if you've never written with them before. So, my soft recommend is on a bigger project, don't hire on a partner or collaborator. Hire on a team member who is underneath you and who you can set expectations for and hold them to that. Um, in my experience, right, 
it was a, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and that's going to fulfill my 50% of the partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is with nobody that I work with currently. And then it turned out that they could not deliver on anything else, so or at least not much. So I ended up doing A, B, and C, X, Y, and Z, and they kind of did, you know, F. Um, and that's a that's a hard place to be at because you, if you care about the project, if you want to get it done, if you have a deadline, if you have a whatever reputation, all those things start to weigh on you and it's just not a good scenario. So just be careful. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like bringing in writers. I just like bringing in people for very specific projects with very specific roles. Right. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Chris is volunteering to work on Dragonlance projects for you, John. So bless you, Chris. He, he got and the bl- hint. He got the hint and, that you were. And fishing. bless Chris for the uh, the the anti Talados uh, <laughs> support there. Just like be- beating beating Mike back. Mike throwing out Fifth Age. Mike, I'm going to. I'm gonna, <laughs> where's my van hammer at? If, eventually, that's going to end up having to come out. But yeah, no, I, I I I think that you make a really good point on that, Zach. Um, Again, for me, it like it really boils. Like, I, you have to have the, the right mindset and the right spirit in in your in your effort. Like, what you're willing to let other people have a voice in. So, to your point, you have to really hone in specifically on this is these are the are the parameters that I need from you, and this is where the, where the input is the most important. Outside of that, we may have some additional conversations, but this is specifically what I need you to work on, and then that's it. Right. Unless it's somebody that you really trust and that you've worked with multiple times to where you can give them more uh, like uh, a a larger key set into the the gateways to the kingdom. Yep. I like that gridlock. Like I, I think templates that are like here, this is what we want Mm -hmm. because for every time you hand out a template, you're going to get 60, 70% of people are going to write to that template and you're going to be like, ah, template did its job. Thank God. Right. Like you're going to feel so good about having wrote that template. But then you're going to have a few people that mm. just completely ignore everything that you gave them. Oh, yes. The nice thing is, from project one, you know who you want to work with again, mm-hmm. as opposed to no template. And then you get 100% of people who don't write to a template. And you have to figure out which ones wrote well because they read your mind. And which ones wrote well because they are naturally that way. And which ones suck because they couldn't read your mind. And which ones suck because they just suck. Right. Mm-hmm. It's always better to show them an example that you that they can then you can you can be the measuring rod mm-hmm. against. Um, so uh, but that's actually that a really great. good point, too. And it's something that I did with with Dragonlance. I have a legendarium and I've got kind of like a, a style guide. And it's not just a style guide. We have a template that our authors write against. It's just it's a formatting template, though. Yeah. Uh, and but I also have like here are the themes Here's the the type of writing. Here's an example of one of the adventures that you can look at of like what what I'm looking for, what it needs to sound like. Yep. You know, I don't I don't need you to use anachronistic speech, like modern right. speech. I need you to use like a, a more medieval fantasy European setting type of dialogue for this. And uh, when we're describing things, we can't have you know thinking, it can't be overly gory or yeah. And you got to just make up nonsense words for a good chunk of your adventures i think like like anytime you have like a knight or something they have to like start talking latin i don't know Aras, what that salamni is. look man you Listen, can't 
Like if I've got have, so much supporting chat right now, wagon, and I'm ignoring Matt, Mike. So if I'm you have good. a Jack Wagon publisher who's wanting you to write into a, a, a fictional language, you can just put <laughs> X's next to that and just say like, "You could do this." Um, that you, you know don't what? have the to put up with The alien franchise is stupid. Uh, yeah. That's what the, I, yeah. that's right. I said it. Take that, Zach. Yeah, Predator's better. Oof, oof, shots fired. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yep 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 well hey um john uh, we could keep talking and i'm happy to but um where do we feel like the end point is for this chat on freelance yeah i think that's with what well, the the hope was that we equip you with information to make the best decision for you and give you you know and the reality of what you're kind of facing as it comes to like the financial obstacles or challenges that you're going to end up facing if it's something that you're passionate about and to give you a, a springboard into how to get started in freelancing if that's something that you want to do and i think we've really accomplished that in this. yep so i think takeaways are like if somebody's offering you less than six cents to write mm-hmm. know that you're being lowballed doesn't yep. mean that you shouldn't do it just means that that person is definitely on the low end of pay, even for small publishers, even for indie people, right? They just know that. Like, it doesn't mean you shouldn't take it. It just means, hey, walk in with eyes open. And also recognize that if you are a new creator or an early creator, a young creator, and you're, you know, walking around asking for 15 cents a word and you're not getting gigs, this might be why. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some takeaways about knowing where the medians are is useful to kind of measure yourself and make sure that you're setting expectations right for what what's going on. Yep. Yep. Well said. Chris is asking if there's a freelance writer, if there's a template that we would want to see, like a short story or something. It's useful to have something. I know I said earlier, like, I don't really want to see your portfolio. It's useful to have something, but it needs to be short and punchy. Mm hmm. And it could be like if you're up and it needs to be directly applicable. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me to hire you to write 5e content, I probably want to see a decent sized stat block that you built from the ground up and like a scenario that you wrote, mm-hmm. not of an adventure, just like a 500 word piece of an adventure. Right. That's enough. Yeah. And I don't want anyone else to have touched those two things. Yeah. Because as soon as they touch it, I have no belief that you actually wrote those. That's great. That's actually look at it from the perspective of you're you're trying to get a job, right? So your resume needs to tell you so much. But like in and again, I'm using it uh, analogy again. But show me an example of code that you've written. I don't need the whole program, but I need this. I need a like a process or a module, something enough to let me know what I'm working with, what your writing style is. Can you write in, you know, in, in like cogent, succinct terms? And do you understand the mechanics of what we're looking for? I actually, I think that's really a really smart idea. Zach is like, I almost feel like a two pager of every system that you want to write for that you have something for it. Like, let's say that if yeah. I wanted to write for free yeah. league and I wanted to write tales from the loop, then I should be able to do like a, a two page adventure or a two page encounter or something like that. Like, top to bottom and I need to make it look nice, nice as best as I can. It needs to be well formatted. It needs to be well thought out. It needs to be pun- like to your point, punchy. It needs to be well written. And then you just save that off. And then that's what, that is part of your resume. It's like, here are the things that I've written before. Here's what I, here's what I'm looking for. 
And here is an example of my work, but it's not 50 pages that I've got to dig through to find the gold in it. You, you specifically give me the best that you can within two pages and I'll figure it out from there. I like that. Yep. All right. I think that is going to do it then for our discussion on freelance writing. It seems like people really enjoyed it though. So maybe we'll try to find some more topics uh, around the same subject. Um, That would be fun. Uh, I think, I think that'll definitely, that'll definitely be helpful. Um, And, and we don't do enough of this side of things. I I think Mm -hmm. we can safely say, so maybe we'll do some more. Um, Troy's on vacation, so I think he'll get back before Sunday, though. So we'll we'll try to do some other stuff there. Um, we, I know we've been promising a Marvel chat, which I, I'm sure we will. Um, John, is there anything else that we should tell these folks before we get out of here? I think that's all I've got, man. I think we've we've uh, we've gilded the lily as much as we can this time around. Perfect, perfect. Okay, well then, uh, thanks a lot, chat. Keep your eye out for the surprise. Uh, uh, episode with Shadow Zach coming in to talk horror. And until then, or Sunday, thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time. Hey, for Troy, if you know, you know, play great games. For me, hey, um, Talades is the worst, um, and Mike uh, is the worst. Mike is second it. worst. Uh, yeah. second worst, right? <laughs> El Mortalides. Oh my god, Mike. Trigger. <laughs> like, troll. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to take my own medicine. I'm going to be kind to everyone, including Mike. And I'm going to try to stay safe out there. So you do the same. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.